Say, do you have challenges in your life? Maybe difficulties in relationships, at work, or in your marriage, or with your kids? Who doesn't, right? Or maybe you have traumas from the past that just won't go away. Then you're in the right place. Welcome to the Goodbye Past Hello Purpose podcast, where we provide wisdom, insight, and tools to help you overcome life's challenges and live a life of joy. I'm your host, Debbie Kaminsky, a speaker, author, and coach. Now sit back, turn up the volume, and join us because you don't want to miss what's up next. Welcome to part three of If This Is My New Normal, What's Next? Today in part three, we're going to talk about choosing faith over fear. We're now in week six of this crazy pandemic. Some of you are in seven and some in eight. And we're in week six of the stay-at-home order here in Minnesota. And our governor just extended it two more weeks yesterday until May 18th. I think I'm going to go crazy. (laughs) Fortunately, Fargo is opening up a little bit. They're only about an hour away, so we can pop up there sometimes. People are, even when they're opening up, uh, people are not going out because we're still afraid aren't we? I'm kind of climbing the walls. Anyone else climbing the walls? There's this energy when we actually are live together, you know, when our bodies are physically together, there's an energy between us. And do you know what I'm talking about? And that doesn't occur when we're on our electronics on FaceTime and Zoom and all the other platforms that we can be on to see and hear each other. So I miss that. As an extrovert, I miss groups. That's how we get our energy. That's how, how we get energy in our souls. It just feeds us. Crowds give us energy in that way. So the stay-at-home stuff is making us a little crazy. I was talking to an old high school friend, and she said, you know, as an introvert, it was feeling good at first, but she said, I'm starting to feel a little crazy too, and I can only imagine what my extrovert friends are feeling. It's crazy. Well, we've cheated the system a little bit and got together with some like-minded friends the other day. It was so good to just be together and laugh. Ugh, how I miss that. Isn't it amazing what we take for granted? What are you missing most right now? Are you missing um, your kids' games? Are you missing high school celebrations? I know prom was supposed to be this weekend here in Fergus Falls. Maybe you're missing concerts or performances or just going out to eat at your favorite restaurant with your gal pals or date nights out. I know our anniversary we had here in the stay at home order and that was different. We're always used to going out to dinner. Well, hang in there. We're going to get through this together and hopefully you've been integrating the 10 tools in your Thrive Toolbox. I know I have and I know it's helped a ton. So I've been talking about the 10 tools for your Thrive Toolkit because we don't just want to survive this, we want to thrive through it. We want to fend off fear, bust those blues, and choose faith over fear. This last week we dove into the three-part series, uh, If This Is My New Normal, What Next? We dove into uh, part one was fend off fear. I gave you three tools that would help reduce your fears. Part two was to derail depression slash bust those blues. That derail depression, uh, that for some reason it wasn't working. It kept stopping. So I, I deleted that one and we renamed it so there wasn't a problem 
and it's Bust Those Blues. Fend Off Fear, part one, Bust Those Blues, part two. And today we are going to dive into part three where I'll give you two more tools. I gave you five tools on the last one, Bust Those Blues. So here we go. When we're done today, you will have a full toolbox of 10 tools to throw into your Thrive Toolbox that you can use as we get through this pandemic together. So let's get started. Well, let me ask you, what fears are occupying your minds these days? I mean, we've never been in a pandemic before, right? This is all new and it's a little or a lot scary. What are your fears? I posted that on Facebook and asked people to let me know what their fears were and I got uh, one of the most popular one was um, shared by two of my friends, Lisa and Amy, how they're afraid that family members would get sick and then they'd be left alone. Yeah, boy, I can relate to that. And a young mom, Kylie, she, she wants to keep her kids healthy, but she doesn't want to put her stress about her fears in this situation onto them because they're little, little. Yeah, what a wise mom, right? We don't want to dump all that onto them. We want to still help them get through this. They can't understand it and nor should, nor should the stress of it be put onto them. So doing our very best to make it fun and then falling apart with our spouse and our friends and um, moms, aunts, whatever. Yeah. I also got uh, my friend Carla said that she's fearful for small businesses and restaurant owners and how they're losing their dreams and their savings. Oof, right? I think the governor, when he closed down the state of Minnesota, he said, I do realize that probably only 10 to 25% of these businesses will reopen. Yikes. That is a small percentage. These are all legitimate fears. And are you afraid now that the virus has affected the people in the meat plants that there's going to be this run on meat like there was a run on toilet paper? <laughs> I've wondered that. And then I'm, I'm asking this question, is meat safe to eat anymore? And I'm a bit anxious about this news that Bill Gates wants to inject me with a nano chip. You know, they already know everything we think and feel and do and whatever. Why do we need to be injected with a nano chip? And then if I refuse it, will I not be able to get groceries or work or travel? That feels so controlling. That makes me crazy. And that's what my mind gets fixed on most of the time. And while I know this virus is deadly, I also know that millions of people are infected by a flu virus every year. And I also know that every death is being tallied as a COVID death, whether it's a heart attack or pneumonia or cancer, they're titling all, of, all deaths right now in hospitals are labeled as COVID deaths. So wait a second, are we somehow being deceived? Quite frankly, a lot of people are starting to ask that question and are starting to question the information that we're being given. If all hospital deaths are counted as COVID deaths, is that really an accurate number then? And if they're lying to us about that, are they lying to us about other things? And who is they anyway? Hmm. Well, while we try not to dwell on these fears, they still sit in the back of our minds gnawing at us, don't they? Here's something else I've noticed. I'm noticing tempers are starting to flare. Are you starting to feel angry at times? I noticed that states are suing governors and 
that rules are changing every day. Some of them are ridiculous. Like our financial guy is in Detroit, Michigan, and he said, you can't even go to Home Depot to buy seeds, like tomato seeds to, to plant your garden. You can't buy them. You, you can't buy paint to do home improvements while you are told to stay at home. My piano tuner's neighbor got arrested on his own private beach in Florida. Arrested, his property, crazy. This kind of stuff, these mixed messages and these rules changing and these inconsistencies and these things that actually don't make any sense are starting to flare tempers. And I believe it's because people are tired of living in fear and being isolated and honestly underneath, well, underneath anger is fear. And we can only stay in fear for so long and then we just get angry. Do you know what I'm saying? So I'm not at all surprised that these tempers are starting to, to flare. And so then we're back to the original question, what are your fears? What makes you the most afraid right now? As I said to you, the title of part three is Faith Over Fear. Let's talk about faith for a minute. You know, faith is kind of like this virus. We believe it's there, but we can't really see it. I, I love the movie Indiana Jones and the Search for the Holy Grail. And I've always, there, there's a particular scene in there, and you probably know what I'm talking about. It's when Indy goes into the cavern, and he's, he's going to get the Holy Grail, and he has to go through these different stages. And the first one is the breath of God, and he's standing there, and all of a sudden, the wind blows, and he goes, penitent men will pass, humble before God, and kneels, and the blades and the swords all come, and he gets below them. You know what part I'm talking about? And then the second one, he talks about the word of God, the name of God, Jehovah. And his dad goes, oh no, but it begins with I in Latin. And he steps on the wrong one and goes through, but he pulls himself back up. Do you remember that word of God? And the third piece of this mission was leap of faith. Faith. Do you remember that part? He walks out into this huge open cavern and he can see that he has to get to the other side of it and there's a hole in in the stone and he says there's absolutely no way a man could jump this and he and, and the words are leap of faith leap of faith and he's standing there and he's he's breathless and he's oh, breathing really hard and he lifts his foot up and he steps out steps out into the cavern and he lands on solid solid stone and he's like oh oh and as the camera goes to the side you can see that there is a path straight across and when it comes back you can't even see it because it exactly matches the stone on the other side fascinating leap of faith he couldn't see it he had to believe it that's faith you know, I got to tell you, I haven't always been a God girl. Uh, so uh, I knew that there was a God, but I didn't really believe in the Bible. In fact, I thought that, that the Bible was really a, um, it was a, a fiction book. Take what works, leave the rest is what my mom said. It's, you know, it's stories. And so I went through my life believing that. 
And shortly after my husband and I were married at age 25, we went and visited my grandfather in California who was a self-proclaimed minister. And after dinner that particular night, he opened up the Bible and started reading Ephesians 5, 20 through 33. Now, who of you knows what Ephesians 5, 20 through 33 says? It talks about how we need to submit to one, one another in marriage and how men, you need to love your wives as Christ loved the church and women, you need to, need to submit to your husbands. Huh. Well, I can tell you this girl wasn't submitting to any man. I was a woman's liver and very proud of that. And nobody was going to tell me what to do or what to think. There was no way I was submitting. After all, men in my life had only abandoned, abused, and neglected me. And I stood up from the table, I swore at the Bible, and I walked away. I can only imagine the pain in my grandfather's heart in that moment. I went on living my life trying to heal the pain of my past without God. The pain of that day when I was 10 years old and my father threw up his arms and walked away from his family. The pain I felt from an abusive stepfather who abused me in every way imaginable. The, the pain I felt of not being protected by my mother as a tween and a teen from that abusive stepfather that I had, and the pain I felt as a young adult from my mother's verbal bashing when she called me a liar when I spoke up about his sexual abuse. It broke me. Like I said, I always believed there was a God. And in fact, as a child and a tween and a teen, I would cry in the dark of my bedroom and I would say, God, please make this hurt stop. Make it stop. In hindsight, I know that God heard me and answered my prayers because he put so many people in my life to pour into me. He put teachers in my life like Mrs. Brim and Miss Garvin and Mrs. Shirk who listened to the pain of my heart for hours on end and they'd bring me home after school so that I could get busy in extracurricular activities. They'd pick me up when fights broke out and take me to their home and make me dinner. They poured into me and teachers like Mr. Owens, my social studies teacher, who literally my junior year grabbed me by the hand, took me into the social studies office, sat me down at the round conference table, popped open a book of colleges in front of me and asked, where do you want to go? You need to go to college. You're smart. Where do you want to go? I said, I can't go to college. I can't afford it. I don't have any money. And he replied, that doesn't matter. Don't worry about it. We'll figure it out. What do you like to do? And he helped me figure it out and he helped me get through college. See, I know now, even though I didn't know God then, that he was working in my life. I didn't know it. And in fact, in my 20s, I turned my back on God. I walked away. So you see, I wasn't always God's girl. You know, as an adult, I dove into lots of self-help books along the way, and I've done every kind of therapy out there you can imagine trying to make sense 
of my past and heal the pain of my past. I remember a particular session when a colleague was helping me and my husband through some difficult times. And he held up the Bible and he said, you know, this is the best self-help book out there. It has all the answers. And I thought to myself, what is he talking about? Of course, he was holding up the Bible, right? I remember very well the moment that led me out of my tangled mess of my life and turned, turned a very important corner in my life to, to lead me toward my purpose and toward joy, which is why I developed Goodbye Past, Hello Purpose. It was Valentine's Day weekend and I attended a live webinar at our church. You know, we were those CEO kind of churchgoers. Do you know what I'm talking about? Christmas and Easter only. Yeah, did you know they had a name for those of you who do church Christmas and Easter? Yeah, well, that was us, CEOs. And as I walked in the door, the tables were decorated with red roses and candy hearts embellished the tables around the cookie trays. Well, I took a seat in the back. And as the speaker began, I listened attentively. I figured mm, I didn't have anything to lose. And she said, your father on earth will fail you. He will hurt you. He might even abandon you and abuse you. He will fall short. But your father in heaven he loves you. He's never left you. And he will never fail you. He never said it would be easy. And he's always been there. Even in your pain. He loves you more than anyone on this earth ever could. <laughs> really? I questioned as I sat there. How can the love of something I can't even see or whose arms can't even hold me fill this void I've had my entire life? And tears welled in my eyes. Barely holding it together, I quickly exited the sanctuary before anyone could see me and made my way to the cookie tables. Yes, I'm sure there are some of you out there that can relate to me right now as an emotional eater. <laughs> As I said, it was Valentine's Day weekend and candy hearts were scattered on the tables. I reached down for a white, large, scalloped, edged candy heart. And when I turned it over in the palm of my hand, it read, I love you. I love you. I wept. You know, when I was working on my Ignite Joy presentation, which is my keynote, I shared this part with my husband, and he, being a left-brainer, said, Deb, you do realize that every other candy heart says I love you on it. <laughs> well, that may be. But I truly believe it was God working in my life at that very moment. And he's working in your life at this very moment.
He's always been working in your life and always been pursuing you, unlike your earthly father who perhaps fell very short. Why do I tell this story? What does this have to do with the pandemic and with the fears that you're all faced with right now? Wondering if someone in your family will die from the virus and you'll be left alone, or if your business and your dreams will be taken away, if your lost job and your retirement fund has plummeted and, or, and you're feeling deceived and wondering what in the world is next. Why do I tell this story? Because it's a story of faith. It's a story that shows how God is always there. It's a story that shows how God loved me and pursued me even when I turned my back on him. And he does that for you as well. It's a story that proves he never leaves us. We can leave him, but he doesn't leave us. Even in these scary pandemic days, he doesn't leave us. And especially in times of uncertainty. You know, when I was a girl and cried out to God in that cold cinder block basement, he responded to me. And he'll respond to you right now. Let's talk a little bit about faith. Now is a time unlike any other when faith matters. What, what is faith? Well, if you look up the dictionary definition, faith is complete trust or confidence in someone or something. Hmm. Faith helps you see what can't be seen by the naked eye, just like Indiana Jones when he stepped out on that, that uh, path that he couldn't see. It's a leap of faith. It's trusting that God has this, trusting something you can't see. Faith helps you trust because, you know, God is not surprised by this. He has you and he has this. It's kind of like that, that poem, Footprints, right? Those are the times when I carried you. That's when you only saw two feet in the sand. And faith helps you surrender. It's really it's pretty cool because you get to let it go. You don't have to carry it. You can actually say, God, you have to take this. You've got this. Faith has changed my life unlike any self-help book ever did. Listen, I'm just a lay person, you know. I, I'm no preacher, no Lisa Turkers, no Beth Moore. I'm just a gal who's had some serious hardships in her life. I've been depressed and anxious. I've had panic attacks. I've been abandoned and abused in so many ways, ways that have left very deep scars. But I found my way because I had faith because I believed in something I couldn't see or feel because I stepped out in those uncertain times and took that leap of faith and found when I stepped out, I was on solid ground. The faith of Jesus, the faith of God. And I found my way back to the one who made me, 
Do you know God? Do you know how he loves you and how he pursues you every single day and how he says, give your worries and your fears to me? I love the scripture that tells us, be still and know that I am God. Be still, know that I'm here. I've got you. I've got this. And we can go, ah. One of my favorite verses is Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. Submit to him and he will make your path straight. It was a time in my life when God actually spoke to me and told me to call my mom after years of not having heard from her and, and not having any connection. And it, it, that's a story for another time, but that is just a huge piece of scripture that took me through that day. Nothing surprises God. He knew this was coming. He knows everything, kind of like that nano chip they want to inject in all of us. <laughs> he knows everything, and he knows everything about you and everything about me. He knitted you perfectly in your mother's womb. He actually calls you his masterpiece. You know, as I'm trying to button my jeans after being isolated for five weeks, I'm thinking, am I still your masterpiece, Lord? Oh, dear. He says, yep, yep, you are. He knows every hair on your head and he had a purpose for you before you were ever born. God had a purpose for your life. He put you in this time right now for some purpose. Do you know what it is? Do you know what your purpose is right now? If you don't, search for that. He has a purpose for you. God will never leave or forsake you. Scripture tells us that. You know, when I first read forsake, I'm like, what does that actually mean? And it means abandon. He'll never abandon you. And I truly believe that this virus isn't like something about God. It's about evil. It's about deception. It's about pain and suffering. And I also need to tell you that God never promised we wouldn't have trouble in this life. In fact, quite the opposite. But he did say he would never leave or forsake you. We have to live in faith, especially when fear closes in. You can be scared, but don't live your life there. I may have sensations of fear, like just yesterday and the day before I was having this fluttering in my chest. I'm like, what is that? And, you know, because I'm a psychologist, I know that that is, um, I'm, I'm a master's level psychologist, I know that that is, that's anxiety. So I can go, oh, <laughs> okay, I'm having a little anxiety right now. But I didn't stay there. And you might have moments where you literally break down, where you're crying, where you're angry, where you lose control. Okay. Don't stay there. Feel your fear, acknowledge it, and move through it. Don't stay there. God has this, and he has you. Will you trust him? Will you put your faith in him? 
I'll say this again. He's not surprised by this. Have faith. Faith helps you see and trust and surrender. And you say, yeah, Deb, but my business is bankrupt. I don't know that we'll ever reopen the doors again. I know. God knows. It's hard right now. Keep your faith. Faith. The entire economy, jobs, communities, they're all rocking and rolling because of something we can't see. A virus that we can't see. Kind of like faith. You can't see either of them. But they're both working. All we have right now is God. All we have right now is faith. I can tell you, if I didn't have my faith right now, I would probably be quite a mess. And you say to me, yeah, Deb, but Deb, I can't let go of control. Ugh, I get you. But I'm here to tell you, you don't have control. And you never did. You know, after 9-11, I didn't sleep for two weeks. Here I was with two young kids and a job and trying to run a practice. I, I was kind of a mess. And you know, when it changed was uh, when I decided I'm not in control. When I finally said, okay, you know what, God, when it's my time to go, it's my time to go. I can't control that. I have no idea how or when that'll happen. That's all up to you. And I'm just going to let it go like Elsa, right? Let it go, let it go. <laughs> yeah, she was on to something. You gotta let it go. Feel it, but don't stay there. And trust that God has this for you. And I'm telling you, I started sleeping the very next day. Yep. We have to see and trust in something that's bigger than we are. God is in control and he always has been. And when things are feeling out of control, it's the most important time for you to remember he's got it and let it go. Faith calls us to surrender, doesn't it? It's not something we can see or grasp just like when Indy stepped off of that ledge. Just like when I turned over that candy heart in my hand and felt God's love for me just fill me in that moment. Faith calls us to surrender and trust. And it's not tangible. We can't touch it. We can't feel it. But it's there. You know, faith gives us a clear lens that we can look through so that we can see the reality of our circumstances in the world. And it'll help carry us through even when we don't understand what is going on, just like now and just like when I was that little girl and cried out to God, when I had faith that he was there for me. There were hard, hard circumstances. And I can't imagine what my life would have been like if I hadn't had him to cry out to. I'm telling you, it wasn't a strong connection. It was just a little gossamer thread of faith, but it helped me through. 
And even if you have just a little gossamer of faith right now, it can help you get through. Faith is a lens that we choose to look through. Hmm. You know, when you're wearing your glasses, most people wear glasses these days, and um, when you're wearing your glasses and you, and you get that, that kind of that grease on your glasses and then you go wipe them off and it's like, whoa, and they're all smeared and you, you can't see clear and it makes you nuts. It kind of distorts what you're seeing through them. Do you know what I'm talking about? Satan's a little like that. He's the grease on your glasses. And he wants to distort your vision and turn you toward anger and depression, anxiety, fear, and stress. And when you go there, he is doing the happy dance. And you have to say, uh-uh, not today, Satan, not any day. I am not going there. You know, faith isn't something that we can't see, right? We can't see it and we know it's there. I love the, the book of uh, uh, Acts and I love Acts 16 when Paul and Silas were beaten and thrown in prison and God shook the foundation of the prison and he set the prisoners free. I love that story. And I love the fact that the prison guard realized, hey, I'm the one in shackles. That's me. How can I be free? God is shaking the foundation right now. What lens are you looking through? Is your lens distorted? You feel panic, fear, anxiety, and you're sleepless? That is Satan. Don't give, don't give your power to Satan. Wipe off the lens and see through a clear lens that God has this and he has you. Trust him. Step out on faith. And that is tool number nine. Tool number nine to put in your toolbox is to step out on faith. If you look through the lens of faith, this can become a time unlike any other. Look, everything is shut down. So the question is, are you going to go to panic or are you going to embrace it with wonder? Hmm. Hey, this is a time of rest. This is a time of self-reflection. It's a time to draw closer to God. You know, I love knowing that God hung all the stars in the sky and that he knows them all by name. Come up here to Minnesota and just look out on a summer night. Oh my gosh, the sky is filled with stars. Look around you. The birds and the trees and the grass and the, you know, the birds aren't worried right now. The birds are still moving through their migration paths. They're still building their nests. They're not worried. If God will take care of all the birds on the earth, he will take care of us and he will take care of you because you are more important than the birds of the earth are. But he made them and he made the fish in the sea. Look around you. God is everywhere. 
take just take time to just look and see God's beauty and grace all around. You say, yeah, Deb, that's cool. But, you know, have you seen the latest news? Ugh. And, you know, I'm getting really antsy. I'm starting to get angry and, and we don't even know who to trust anymore or who to believe. Yep. It's scary. I'm aware. I'm scared. But I'm not living there. And you say, yeah, Deb, but the death toll, it's over 64,000 now in America alone. And I say, yep, I know. That is, that is crazy. It's also frightening when we watch these numbers like a scoreboard in a football game, isn't it? It becomes this kind of entertainment. That scares me a little bit for us. I'm here to tell you, God will get you through. And then you say, yeah, Deb, but I'm, I'm in isolation. I can't do this anymore. I, I, I'm going crazy. What lens are you looking through? Can you look through a lens of wonder and say, hmm, it's time to reconnect with our families. You know, I've had so many of my clients, past and present, because I've been just reaching out to past clients to see if I can support them in any way um, right now. And, and, and I've had so many people say to me, this has been so great for our family because we've stopped. We stopped all the running around. And one of my very wise clients even said to me, and my husband and I said, you know, when this gets started back up again, we're going to want to pay more attention to how we busy ourselves. And I thought, well, that's so great. Because we've been so far from God and we've been worshiping other gods for way too long. We've been distracted with media and social media and movies and money and sports and kids' activities. And God wants you to be focused on him. What a great time this is for that. Now listen, if you're grieving a loss due to this, that's different. And some of you are in really hard places in the country where death is all around you. That's different. I, you know, grief takes time to work through. And if I can help you, please reach out to me. I would, it would be my honor to walk with you. It's, it's a hard time. All right, we're going to move on to tool number 10. Tool number 10 is to pray and be close to God's word. God's word is really the only truth right now. It is. So make sure that you are opening up your Bible or listening to sermons online. There's so much great wisdom out there. Listen to it. Grow in that way. And pray for each other. Pray for those that have lost their jobs, lost their loved ones, lost their financial security and their freedoms. Pray for each other. I'm telling you, there is power in prayer. I saw it in that cinder block basement as a girl. I experienced it. I've seen it and experienced it in miracles in my life, in my husband's job as a doctor, people who have healed that should have never healed that should have died. 
I've seen it. There's power in prayer. So pray for one another. Pray for new perspective. Ask God, what do you want me to see? Show me. Pray that he would open your eyes. We need to change what we're focused on. You know, I talked about in part two, mindset, how that affects us in so many ways. So go back and take a listen to that because that is powerful. Choose the lens of hope, of growth, of renewed perspective, and of what matters. Choose those lenses to look through. So good. And the truth is, this is not our home. Earth is really only temporary. And what we have to look forward to in eternity after this, wow, right? It's amazing. Be still and know that I am God. Listen, you might be scared, but you're not alone. God will never leave you alone. And you say, yeah, Deb, but I'm still scared. I'm still scared. I know. I get it. And he's got you in the palm of his hand. How do you know, Deb? How do you know? Faith. Faith. Choose faith over fear. Let's pray. Lord, you know us. You know we love you. We battle right now with uncertainty and fear of what's next, fear of how to keep our families healthy and safe, fear that we, that we might be left alone, fear of losing our 401ks, our businesses, our country as we once knew it, and our freedom. Lord, we pray because we're overwhelmed by our circumstances right now. Help us to be strong and faithful to you. Help calm our fears and our minds and help us to stay focused on you. And Lord, we pray if there's someone out there that's never put their trust in you, ah, we pray that you would, that they would turn to you. We pray that they would put their trust in you. That they would ask you to be at the head of their lives. That they would put all of the control in your hands. We know you're a good God. We trust you. And we thank you for all you give us, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, thanks for stopping by today. Make sure you subscribe to our show. And if you liked this episode, please leave me a review so that we can continue to bring good quality guests. 
If you want more from me, just go to goodbyepast.com and you'll find wisdom, tools, and inspiration to help you say goodbye to your past and hello to purpose. Join us again next week for more tips and insights that help you get through life's challenges. Thank you.